0: This is DW News live from Berlin tonight, a frosty run up to the Beijing Winter Olympics. Countries including the U.S. are staging a diplomatic boycott protesting the persecution of China's Muslim Uyghurs. Spiraling coronavirus infections are another cause for concern. Also coming up tonight, America and Britain threatening new sanctions if Russia invades Ukraine. And that has drawn a blistering response from Vladimir Putin. His first public comments about the crisis this year. Plus a manhunt for police killers, poachers are blamed for shooting dead two officers here in Germany. The men were carrying illegal game inside their car. I'm Brent Koff. It's good to have you with us. We begin this hour in Beijing with the Winter Olympics due to open later this week. The United States and other countries are staging a diplomatic boycott to protest China's human rights record. Growing numbers of COVID-19 cases are also worrying the athletes who continue to arrive. Beijing insisting the Games will be safe.
1: Arrival at the airport in Beijing. Chinese workers in protective gear welcome the incoming Olympic teams and their baggage. Then it's a PCR test before a trip to the venues in the Olympic Village, where similar tests are to follow on a daily basis. Caution is the watchword. China's cross-country skiers are being shielded from foreign rivals, their Norwegian coach tells us. With this team we have been staying in China the full time for the past two years. So um, they have been extremely careful. We haven't actually competed uh, internationally for two years. Of the foreign athletes who have already arrived, 125 have tested positive for COVID-19 and have isolated. It's not clear whether they'll all get the negative test result they need in time to compete. The opening ceremony fireworks have been rehearsed, but critics say that China is using the pizzazz of the games to distract from human rights abuses.
2: So the CCP's purpose is exactly to turn the sports arena into a stage for political legitimacy and a tool to whitewash all those atrocities.
1: But China itself boasts of its strength and promises a safe Winter Olympics in
0: Beijing. The plight of China's Uyghur community and their harsh repression It's looming large over the Winter Olympics and with opposition suppressed within China, many are making their voices heard elsewhere. Our Washington bureau chief Enos Pohl met a Uyghur restaurant owner in Los Angeles. His father disappeared three years ago.
2: These mountains remind Bukra Akin very much of home. He left China six years ago to start a new life in the US. Everything seemed to go well until his father, who remained in China, was abruptly snatched from his home during the night of October 25th in 2018. His father owned one of the biggest Uyghur publishing firms and Arkin believes that his fight to protect the Uyghur language and culture was the reason why the Chinese government put him in prison. Arkin says his father was like a best friend, supporting him financially in the US.
3: My biggest fear, I really scared like he couldn't uh, cuddle his grandchildrens to just cuddle with me again. That's my biggest fear to see him again. I wish U.S government and Europe, they can do more to pressure on China. How about their gen- the genocide.
2: After his father was detained, Bukra Arkin opened a restaurant in the larger LA area. He named it Dolan's after the bigger region in eastern Xinjiang, where he grew up. One of the most popular dishes is lachman, a dish of hand-pulled noodles. Uyghur cuisine stems from the far western area of China at the border of Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan, where most of the region's 12 million Uyghurs live.
3: It's surprising, not many people know about Uyghurs, even there's so many news on the media. So, like, I have to like attract them to create like curiosity, then. I through this t-shirt I I think it helps a lot like people, they ask about Uyghurs, they Google the Uyghurs.
2: Some of his customers already know a lot about the topic, others are just about to find out. As an American, I feel uh, a responsibility as a conscientious consumer to understand that uh, the Uyghurs are inextricably connected to American consumership and capitalism that there are so many companies that have direct or indirect relationships to Uyghur labor through the forced detention and forced labor camps that the Chinese are um, inflicting on them and have been for
0: so long. So I'm definitely interested in in, uh, knowing more about them, and I plan to Google uh, Uyghur later today. And here's a roundup now of some of the other stories that are making headlines. Heavy gunfight has erupted in the capital of Guinea-Bissau, raising fears of another attempted coup in the West African nation. The president has since issued a statement saying that he is safe and that calm has returned to the country. A court in Norway has rejected the parole application of mass murderer Anders Breivik, who killed 77 people in an attack back in 2011. The far-right extremist is serving Norway's maximum sentence of 21 years under terrorism charges. Amnesty International says Israel's policies towards the Palestinians amount to the international definition of apartheid. Israel has rejected the allegation, saying its own Arab citizens enjoy equal rights. The government has called Amnesty's claim anti-Semitic. The international community is stepping up diplomatic efforts to defuse the crisis over Ukraine. The U.S. and Britain are threatening to impose tough new sanctions if Russia invades the country. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has reinforced Washington's support for Kyiv. Russian President Vladimir Putin, he hit back today in his first remarks on the crisis this year. He accused the West of ignoring Moscow's concerns about security, its security, in the reach. With the flags of his allies on proud
4: display, Ukraine's president announced a huge addition to his nation's army. We will create a new political cooperation format in Europe between Ukraine, Great Britain and Poland. Within the next three years, we will increase the number of the Ukrainian armed forces to 100,000 professional soldiers. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson flew to Kiev to meet with Zelensky. In a press conference afterwards, Johnson appealed for a diplomatic solution to the crisis.
5: Russian invasion of Ukraine would be a political disaster, a humanitarian disaster, in my view it would also be, for Russia, for the world, a military disaster as well. And uh, uh, the uh, potential invasion completely uh, flies in the face of President Putin's claims to be acting in the interests of the Ukrainian people.
4: Speaking from Moscow, Russian President Vladimir Putin accused Ukraine's NATO allies of exploiting the crisis for their own benefit.
5: Their most important
4: goal is to contain Russia. That's the thing.
5: In this sense,
4: Ukraine itself is just a tool to achieve this goal.
2: This can be done in different ways.
4: One of them is to draw us into armed conflict. Russia continues to build up its forces in the region, even as diplomats from both sides are still trying to solve the crisis. Russian troops are set to hold military drills in Belarus this month. Based from camps like this one, just a few miles from the Polish border.
0: Well, here in Germany, two suspects are being held for the killing of two police officers during a traffic stop. Prosecutors believe the hunters shot dead the officers to avoid being caught poaching illegal game. The case has caused widespread outrage. The two suspects were
5: arrested on Monday evening. Police searching their homes found a large number of guns. Among them, they believe, the weapons that took the lives of two young police officers. The main suspect, a 38-year-old man known as a trader in wild game, has so far remained silent. The other man, a 32-year-old, has admitted poaching. But why such deadly violence occurred remains unclear. Prosecutors say the two officers were both shot in the head. The female officer still had her pistol in its holster. She may have had a flashlight in her hand and the papers. She cannot have seen it coming. The officers were on patrol on a country road when the fatal incident happened. They found a number of dead animals in a vehicle and were speaking with the occupants when they were shot. They called for help but by the time their colleagues arrived it was too late. Even seasoned investigators say they've been shocked by the killings. It's not our idea of Germany that someone just starts shooting on the street with hunting weapons and opens fire just because he might be caught poaching. That's why this case is so disturbing. Prosecutors say there does not appear to be any political motive behind this crime. The premier of the state of Rhineland-Palatinate, where the shooting took place, expressed her dismay at the deaths.
1: Every day, police officers are on the streets for us, everywhere, to protect society and to be there for the community. Those who attack these officers are attacking the whole of society.
5: The younger police officer was just 24 years old and still completing her training when she died. That fact can only heighten the sense of disbelief across Germany at this tragic loss of life.
0: And here are the other stories now that are making headlines. Denmark has become the first European Union country to lift all of its pandemic restrictions, and that includes face masks, and vaccination passes, and limited opening hours for bars and restaurants. The move comes despite record numbers of COVID-19 infections. The government says it's now relying on Denmark's high vaccination rate to cope with the Omicron variant. The World Health Organization meanwhile has warned countries not to lift all of their COVID-19 restrictions at once. The head of the WHO is saying that Omicron should not be underestimated, and he's cautioning the virus continues to mutate. Workers in Myanmar have staged a nationwide strike to mark the first anniversary of the army coup, which toppled the civilian leader Aung San Suu Kyi. The people are fighting back against violent attacks by the military regime. Pro-democracy protesters are organizing into armed groups, but this It's an uneven contest as the junta is determined to hold on to power.
6: The Myanmar regime's response to popular resistance tells a story of indiscriminate violence. From the first protesters gunned down just days after the military coup, to airstrikes launched in a remote area in December, sending people fleeing into neighboring Thailand. More and more, the conflict is becoming a civil war. And street protesters are deciding to take up arms. We hate the military dictatorship, and we've decided to end it by rooting out the military from the country. We promise to help and try our best to finish them off when the war starts. These anti-coup activists have joined an ethnic rebel group putting their lives on the line against a regime they've sworn to resist. Their decision, a sign of desperation, of having no other option. I see the stage sort of set for a prolonged conflict. Neither side seems willing to back down. Uh, it's just very difficult to see how the conflict um, will will diminish, uh, will reduce um, in, the, in the near term, even in, you know, over a
1: period of, of several years.
6: Neither side may be strong enough to win an outright victory, meaning villages and army bases like this one will continue to burn.
0: Well, if you are afraid of flying, you may not want to look too closely here. This video shows a dramatic landing at London's Heathrow Airport. Now I know you want to watch. A British Airways plane failed to land on its first attempt. as winds from powerful storm quarry. you see right there, they were blowing. The aircraft's wheels touched the ground, but the plane swayed from side to side, forcing the pilot to head back into the air. The plane managed to successfully land on a second attempt, which is why it pays to pay your pilots will oh my god yes oh Gilly. my god